Hey, I'm Nancy Cavey, National ERISA and Individual Disability Attorney. Welcome to Winning Isn't Easy. Before we get started, I have to give you a legal disclaimer. And the legal disclaimer is that this podcast isn't legal advice. While I have to say this because the Florida Bar Association tells me I have to say this, I will tell you that nothing will ever prevent me from giving you an easy to understand overview of the disability insurance world, the games that disability carriers play, and what you need to know to get the disability benefits you deserve. So off we go. There are quite a lot of hot topics in the disability insurance uh, world that I've been getting calls about. And today I'm gonna be discussing these hot topics and they primarily revolve around uh, work issues. The work issue is, should you quit your job or should you apply for your short-term and long-term disability benefits now? What's the strategy behind um, this? Is quitting a good move or a bad move? What you might want to do instead of quitting? Uh, what you have to do before you change jobs to protect yourself from financial ruin? And what you need to do if you have pre-existing medical conditions um, uh, before you make the decision to terminate uh, your employment? We're also going to talk about what you should do if your employer tells you not to file for short and long-term disability benefits and just apply for your Social Security benefits and the real truth about your human resources uh, department. And then lastly, I'm going to talk about the three things you have to do before you apply for short and long-term disability benefits. These are questions that I'm getting every day, day in and day out, primarily because of the great resignation that's going on and people deciding whether or not they want to move on to what appears to be a, a greener pasture, when in fact, it can be a financial disaster and a medical disaster by making the wrong decision. Let's take a break. Have you been robbed of your peace of mind from your disability insurance carrier? You owe it to yourself to get a copy of Robbed of Your Peace of Mind, which provides you with everything you need to know about the long-term disability claim process. Request your free copy of the book at kvlaw.com today. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. The first thing I'm going to talk about is the question I get all the time. Should I quit my job uh, and, and should I apply for my short and long-term disability benefits? What's the timing here? Well, let's start out by stepping back. Are you struggling at work, wondering if you should quit work before you're fired? You don't know whether or not you should apply for your benefits or whether or not you should struggle. Um, well, one of the things I will tell you that you should never, ever do is quit. Quitting can be a bad move because that can kill your short and long-term disability claim even before you get started. Why? Well, I'm going to tell you what the reasons are why quitting is a bad move. And number one is you lose the right to apply for your short-term disability benefits because you no longer have coverage. Two, you lose the right to apply for FMLA. Three, you lose your vacation, PTO, and other leave benefits. Four, you leave your group in, lose your group insurance benefits. Five, you lose your long-term disability benefits upon resignation. Six, you lose your long-term disability claim because you don't have the requisite loss of wages before you quit, even though you might have been working while disabled. And eight, if you get a new job with a new disability coverage and decide to apply for short and long-term disability benefits, your claim will be denied under the pre-existing condition clause. And nine, don't assume that you'll be better off applying for social security disability benefits or that you would get your social security benefits without a fight. 
any one of these reasons should stop you from quitting. Now, I'm often asked, well, if I shouldn't quit, what should I do next? What should I do instead of quitting? Well, first, you should apply for your employer-provided short-term disability benefits and apply for FMLA to protect your job. And ultimately, if you can return to work, that's great. If not, you need to then apply for your long-term disability benefits. And most likely, you will be able to maintain your employer-provided benefits like life insurance, group health insurance, and any employer-provided contributions to your pension. Check with your human resources department for more information. Now, some disability policies require that you attempt to have your employer accommodate your restrictions and limitations as a precondition to ultimately getting your long-term disability benefits. So it's crucial that you review your policy or plan closely before you go to the employer and say, I'm having trouble, I need to apply for benefits, or can we work on accommodations? The next question I get in this area is, what do I have to do before I change jobs to protect myself from financial ruin because I've got medical problems? Now, I'm amazed at the number of people who left their job in 2021. Over 3.9 million workers per month left their jobs. That's more than any time in the United States history. And here in 2022, this exodus is still continuing. But let's talk about the practical problems with this. According to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, 50% of non-elderly Americans have a pre-existing health condition. Now, if you've purchased shorter long-term disability benefits with your current employer, that can help you provide a safety net if your pre-existing condition prevents you from working. But you can lose that safety net if you leave your current employer and you don't have any disability insurance benefits on your own uh, to cover your situation, or you don't uh, basically uh, sort of COBRA, if you will, or convert uh, your group disability uh, policy or plan to an individual disability policy plan. And I don't want to confuse you. You can't quote unquote COBRA your disability insurance plan. You've got to convert it uh, from, an from a group policy to an individual disability policy. You will be offered COBRA coverage uh, opportunities from your employer if you terminate your employment so that you can continue to get medical treatment. But you need to understand that both trying to COBRA your medical coverage, and then to switch your uh, group insu disability insurance benefits to an individual disability policy is really going to be expensive. And that's particularly true if you have a pre-existing condition. Now, I want you to understand the impact of this, because if you think that Social Security is going to be uh, your uh, safe haven, you're wrong because the amount of the social security benefits can be hard to live on and you have to be on social security disability benefits for basically 24 months uh, and then five months of the waiting period or a total of 29 months before you get insurance uh, uh, coverage in the form of Medicare. So you can see that this is kind of uh, complex and you've got some decisions that you want to make. Certainly you don't want to quit, do right? Got it? All right, let's take a break. Part two of our discussion about 
um, whether you should quit. And if you aren't going to quit and shouldn't quit, what do you do about filing a claim for short and long-term disability benefits? In the last uh, segment, we talked about the pre-existing condition issue that you might have that might prevent you from uh, quitting your job. So let's expand that because I see this problem arise, uh, particularly in today's environment. You know, when people uh, are saying, you know, um, this is an opportunity for me to change jobs. People are hiring. By the way, I like, I like working from home. You know, all the reasons that people are giving these days to terminate their employment and move on. So if you have a pre-existing condition, one of the things that you have to understand is that disability insurance plans or policies have a pre-existing condition limitation. Um, and the problem that you have is that while a, a plan or policy can't necessarily deny coverage for a pre-existing condition, they can limit coverage. And they will use a policy provision called the pre-existing condition clause. So typically the plan or policy won't cover a pre-existing condition if you have seen a physician or gotten treatment for a pre-existing condition during a look back period. So they could legally say during, if you've gotten this during the look back period, that while you have coverage, your medical condition is excluded uh, and you're not entitled to your disability benefits. So let me give you an example. Let's say you have Parkinson's and you leave your employer for a new job. You're part of the great resignation. You have signed up for short and long-term disability coverage uh, within your new employer. And during the policy period, look back period, you see a doctor or you get treatment. And then ultimately you file a claim for short or long-term disability benefits because of the Parkinson's. What's going to happen to your claim? Now, disability carriers are looking for a reason to deny your uh, claim. And one of the first denial tools is the pre-existing condition clause. You're going to look at your medical records and determine whether or not you saw a physician or got treatment for your pre-existing Parkinson's. And if so, whether you got that in, during what's called the look-back period. There's no uniform definition of a look-back period. They look at what the date your uh, coverage became effective, and they'll look back for a certain period of time to see whether or not you got treatment and whether you became disabled within a certain period of time um, after getting the, the coverage. So let's add to this example that you are hired on January 1st and the policy says, look, if you got treatment in the six months before that um, and then you file a claim for disability a year after you got your coverage, you are potentially going to be denied your benefits. So January 1st, uh, 2022, your coverage becomes in effect, but, you, but the plan or policy says, look, if you got treatment six months before that, so in, in June of 2021 to December of uh, 2021, um, your claim potentially could be denied if you file a disability claim within one year of January 1st, 2022, or in other words, January 1st, 2023. And again, as, as I've said, there's no uniform a period of time for any of these particular periods. But the point I'm trying to make is that the disability carrier will look at your medical records and determine whether or not you saw a physician or got treatment for your pre-existing Parkinson's during that look back period. And if you did, they will have a legitimate and completely legal way to deny your claim for disability benefits. And you should know that sort of stuff before you're part of the great resignation and move on because uh, that's a, a, a big impediment, in my view, 
to uh, filing a claim, uh, I'm sorry, to, to resigning and, and, and moving on. Now, the reality is that you may not want to leave your employer or, or you can't afford to leave your employer because you can't afford the COBRA coverage for your health insurance premium uh, and you can't afford the premium to convert your uh, disability policy from uh, an individual disability, uh, from a group policy rather, to an individual disability policy. So I get that you might be burnt out and I get you might be ready to switch it up with a new employer. But if you have a significant or potentially disabling medical condition, I don't think this is the time to switch jobs. I think that doing so really exposes yourself to financial ruin. So I'm often asked, well, what should I do if my employer tells me not to file a short or long-term disability claim? Just, you know, just apply for social security benefits. Well, most employers are insured for their short-term disability package or benefits for their employees. That means that your benefits are coming out of their pocket. Every penny comes out of their pocket. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to have you resign, go away, get terminated, and then say, you're, you know, you know, go apply for social security benefits. We don't really want you to apply for your short or long-term disability benefits. So if your employer tells you not to file a claim for short-term benefits, they're illegally interfering with your rights to your benefits and potentially they can be sued. What's more important is the situation where your employer and your HR department says, look, I know you're having trouble. Um, We're going to be nice. Why don't you reduce your hours to something below 30 hours. Now, why would they say that? Are they really being nice? Well, the answer is, hell no, they're not being nice. What they're trying to do is set you up to lose your coverage by suggesting that you reduce your hours to less than 30 hours per week. Why is that? Well, many policies say you have to be what's considered to be a full-time employee. And these policies, including your group insurance uh, and uh, your your uh, life insurance policy and even your uh, group health policy may say that you need to be a full-time employee, which is m- more than 30 uh, hours per week. So if your hours fall below 30, you can lose your group health, your life, your, your um, uh, disability benefits. A- and in the process, they may also be setting you up for a termination. So the other game they may play is, look, they'll say, you know, you know, you're having trouble. Um, we can reduce your hours. And when they reduce your hours and that doesn't work, they may say, you know, you know why don't you just apply for Social Security benefits? We'll, we'll, we'll help you with that claim or we'll support your claim. Well, guess what? As an ERISA disability and Social Security disability attorney, I can tell you it isn't easy to get Social Security benefits. And it can take as long, depending on where you live, as 30 months to get your benefits. So in the meantime, who's going to take care of your bills and your medical care? And what happens to you. Nobody's taking care of you, and it's certainly not your employer. And in the meantime, if you have terminated your employment you and you didn't file a claim or didn't timely file a claim, um, you may lose your rights to your short and long-term disability benefits. So if your employer tries to give you the runaround and tells you not to apply for short or long-term disability or tells you to just apply for Social Security or just quit, then you need an attorney immediately. Your employer is trying to screw you out of your disability benefits. Now, I'm often asked, should I trust my employer to tell me the truth about your short, my short and long-term disability claim? Um, and that's not necessarily a, a, an easy question to answer because some employers 
are truthful. Well, a lot of employers aren't truthful, but more worse yet, they may believe what they tell you to be true because that's what they understood. And what they understood or what they were told by the agent isn't always correct. What's the real truth about your human resources department? The first thing I need to remind you is it's it's the human resources department. It's not the employee human resource department. Uh, the HR department works for your employer. They really don't work for you. Their job is to protect your employer from you. In other words, the HR department isn't your friend. Now, your employer may have offered you shorter long-term insurance and you signed it up because it sounded good and they made it sound like it was a great thing. I mean, who wouldn't want to protect themselves from financial ruin? However, I can assure you that the HR department generally has no clue about the terms of the policy of the plan and how to file a winning disability insurance claim. I think that there are about 13 things they don't know. Often they don't know what the definition of disability is in the policy or plan. They don't know the definition of own occupation. They don't know the definition of any occupation. They don't know when the definition of disability changes from an inability to do your own occupation to any occupation. They don't know whether there's any policy limitations for subjective medical conditions like fibromyalgia, migraines, or body pain. They don't know if there's a policy limitation for mental nervous condition. They don't know whether or not you have to apply for social security disability benefits. They don't know whether your benefits are reduced by the receipt of social security disability benefits that you or your children might get or whether your benefits are going to be reduced by workers' comp benefits, PIP benefits, the proceeds of a personal injury or a malpractice case, the withdrawal of pension benefits, and even other disability insurance benefits. And they certainly don't know what it takes to win a social security disability claim. They generally don't know how to protect your group health or life insurance benefits if you apply for your short and long-term disability benefits. They don't generally know whether you can reduce your hours without losing coverage, as I've discussed, or whether or not you have a residual disability claim if you lose, uh, lose wages. And they generally don't know whether your policy or plan requires that you and your employer attempt a workplace modification as part of the short and long-term disability claim and what's required. And what they don't know can kill your disability claim. And what they tell you may not be right. And that can kill your disability claim. In my view, you need help now and you need help from someone who's in the trenches day in and day out dealing with these issues. Don't you think so? Let's take a break. Are you a professional with questions about your individual disability policy? You need the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. This book gives you a comprehensive understanding of your disability policy with tips and to-dos regarding your disability application that will assist you in submitting a winning disability application. This is one you won't want to miss. For the next 24 hours, we are giving away free copies of the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. Order yours today at disabilityclaimsforprofessionals.com. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. Now, we've talked about why you just shouldn't quit or why you shouldn't let your employer convince you to reduce your hours to less than 30 hours if you're having trouble at, at work. But here's, I think, the most important part of our podcast today. And that is the three things you have to do before you apply for short or long-term disability benefits. Before you play any game, you get out the directions so you can learn the rules of the game and how to play the game. 
That's what you need to do before you stop work and apply for your short or long-term disability benefits. And in my view, there are three things that you should do before you stop work and apply for benefits. So what are they? Number one, ask your employer for a copy of the disability policy or plan. You go to the HR department and you ask for a copy of the policy or plan, or better yet, you can get it online. Now, your employer has to legally provide you with a copy of the policy of the plan. And if they don't, they can be sued under the ERISA statute. That allows a judge to find, find them every day if they don't produce the policy or plan and even order them to pay your lawyer's fee for getting those benefits. You don't have to tell them why you want the documents. You've got a legal right to know the terms of the policy or plan. So don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid and don't be ashamed to ask. If you're pressed for an answer, tell them you're thinking about buying a private disability policy and the agent wants to see a copy of your current policy or plan that the employers provided. That explanation should shut them up. Two, read that policy or plan from cover to cover and outline it. Yeah, I know it sounds like a homework assignment. And guess what? It is. There is no uniform disability policy or plan. Each is different. You should read the policy or plan cover to cover. Read it a second time and then outline it. So what are you looking for as you're reading it and outlining it? These are the things that you're looking for. You want to know what's the definition of disability in the policy or plan. It's not just you can't work. You have to meet the policy definition of disability. What's the definition of your own occupation? Is it your job as you're performing it for the employer? Is it your job as it's performed in the national economy? Or is it your job or occupation is defined by the Dictionary of Occupational Titles that hasn't been updated in 30 or 40 years? What's the definition of any occupation? In other words, what do you have to prove to get your benefits from the time your, the definition of disability changes from own occupation to any occupation to the end of the policy? And that could be to age 65 or 67. You also need to know when does that definition change from own occupation to any occupation? Because the games are going to play and start to be played prior to that uh, definition change. You need to know whether there are any policy limitations for subjective medical conditions like fibromyalgia, migraines, or body pain. You need to know whether or not there is any policy limitation for mental nervous conditions. It's what I call the Monty Python wafer-thin contribution definition of mental nervous conditions. Well, what do I mean? What I mean is some policies will say if your disability is caused or contributed to, regardless of how thin that contribution might be, your benefits are limited to just two years. And that means that you've got to do some planning, if you will, and how you are, what treatment you're getting and what you're telling your doctors. And certainly just before this definition of disability changes and this um, definition of mental nervous conditions becomes applicable. Now, you also need to understand whether you have to apply for your social security disability benefits. You need to understand, are your benefits going to be reduced by the receipt of social security disability benefits you or your family members get because of your disability? Is it going to be reduced by workers' compensation benefits, PIP benefits, the proceeds of a personal injury or a malpractice case, the withdrawal of your pension benefits, or even other disability insurance? You got to understand, if I reduce my hours, am I going to lose my coverage? If Do I have a residual claim or do I have a total claim? In other words, can I uh, reduce my, uh, once I, I, I filed my claim, 
reduce my hours and have a requisite loss of income that will allow me to file a residual claim? Or does my policy not even provide for residual benefits? I got to be totally disabled. And you need to understand whether or not your policy or plan requires that you and your employer attempt a workplace modification and what's required and when it needs to be done. So knowing the answer to all those questions will help you understand what you need to prove to get your benefits, how much you're going to get, how long you're going to get them, and potentially the claims process. Now, what's the third thing you need to do? Go get your medical records and review those records. You have the burden to prove you're disabled and unable to perform the material and substantial duties of your occupation as how those terms are defined by the policy. The disability policy uh, um, carrier or the plan administrator is going to get a copy of your medical records. You need to know what's in them before you stop work and apply for benefits. And I have this issue right now uh, with a physician who did not look at his medical records before he stopped work. And his physician did a, a pretty bad job about explaining his symptoms. He didn't do a very good job of explaining his functionality at home or how those symptoms impacted his ability to practice medicine. He didn't specifically identify what the material and substantial duties of his occupation were, and then tie his medical difficulties to problems he was having doing that. Um, the medical records are going to be examined to see what the diagnosis is, what the restrictions and limitations are, and whether those restrictions and limitations are supported by objective medical findings. They're going to be looking to see whether or not you've got problems with your employer, because what they're going to say is your disability is a result of your uh, HR problems or problems with your supervisors or coworkers. That has nothing to do with a disability. It's an employment issue. They're going to look to see whether or not you've attempted to work with or without accommodations or reduced hours and what the impact of that was on your ability to work. And they're also going to be looking to see whether you're exaggerating your problems or symptoms. In other words, you need to know what's in your medical records and you need to know whether your doctor supports your claim. And whether your doctor is going to fill out forms that are going to be required as part of the disability claims process. And if not, you're going to have to find another doctor who supports your claim and fill out forms. So if you have stopped working and only to find out your doctor doesn't support your claim, you're screwed. Um, so what happens is you really don't want to let these three things destroy your claim and your financial security. You need to take the time to do these things and make an intelligent decision about applying for your disability benefits and certainly making an intelligent decision about not quitting or being part of the, the, uh, you know, the great resignation and moving on. These kinds of decisions can destroy your financial security and your ability to provide for yourself and your family and to get medical coverage. So don't make poor decisions. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Winning Isn't Easy. If you've liked this episode, consider sharing that uh, um, uh, episode with others, leave a review, and please subscribe to this podcast. That way you're going to be notified every time one of our great episodes comes out. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Thanks. <music>